let's get into the word. Um, so for this one, um, uh, on Team Reach, obviously I made a poll of the topics to preach. And uh, there were obviously multiple, uh, I, I at least put four topics to talk about. And um, last week I talked about the, uh, it was, it was uh, you had mental health, peer pressure, forgiving yourself and seeking acceptance. Obviously mental health is through the roof. So mental health series is going to come eventually. I'm going to have to take some time to really pray on and see what the Lord wants to speak about mental health. Um, uh, I did peer pressure last week, kind of doing seeking acceptance. But tonight, um, I want to give you the title for tonight, and it's the topic. It's the it's the second runner up, excuse me, to the mental health one, and that's forgiving yourself. Forgiving yourself is um, kind of tricky because the Bible doesn't really talk about you forgiving yourself. But there's something to know about not just forgiving yourself, but knowing that you've been forgiven. The more you know how much you're forgiven is the bigger altitude for you to forgive yourself, period. The, what, the way that you know how much God has forgiven you will show you that. So obviously I, I made this, look, this is my own making. I didn't paint that, but I put it together. So um, obviously this is the picture in Luke 7. I talked about this uh, passage two weeks ago talked about the sinful woman that anointed Jesus's feet with perfume. And this is the picture you have her, Jesus, the Pharisees and Simon. I think, I think that's, I'm pretty sure that's Simon right there. And, um, and it's funny because the, the one I used last week, I want to read it to you. Um, if you want to turn there, Luke seven, verse 47, I want to start there. I tell you her sins and they are many have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love, but a person who is forgiven little only shows little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. This whole, this whole passage right here, and, I want, and if you want to do homework, if you are hungry for the word of God to speak to you, I want you to write down Luke 7, 36 through 50. That's, I want you to do that homework. Because that's the whole passage of talking about how the sinful woman anointed Jesus' feet with her perfume. It's the whole context. I'm just giving you a portion of what the Lord spoke to me that I want to dissect. But if you want to do some homework on it, read Luke 7, 36 through 50. Um, this woman has washed and anointed Jesus' feet during a banquet at the home of the Pharisee named Simon. In, this con- in the context of, of, of Luke 7, 36-50, Simon and Jesus have seen this situation two different ways. Simon has seen it with a woman with a dirty reputation. Jesus has seen it with a woman that is destined for redemption. He's seeing it in two different ways. And obviously Jesus' perspective is a lot greater than Simon's perspective. Simon sees a woman with a dirty reputation touching a man who claims to be a prophet. Simon believes the sinful woman should not attempt to touch a holy man. No holy man should let a sinful woman touch him, or so is that what Simon thinks. In fact, Simon assumes that if Jesus is really a prophet, he should know what kind of woman she is and dismiss her. And I learned something. A lot of us think like Simon to us when it comes to, I am too dirty in my reputation, in my resume. God is not going to forgive that. God is not going to pull into that. 
or I will always be this way for the rest of my life. You know what that, you know what that is? That is a stronghold. That is a stronghold. What does a stronghold mean? A stronghold is a building. And what is a, 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 a demonic stronghold? A demonic stronghold is build off of a lie. It's built off of a lie that you have believed that has now become a building. For some of us, it's a little fort of a stronghold. For some of us, it is an empire and the devil lives in it. So some of our mindsets have now glued us to this spot of thinking, I will never get better because da-da-da. Like, for example, my... My... Let's let's just give scenarios. This is this is this is a this is a deceitful stronghold. My grandfather did this, so I will probably do that. If he struggled with it, then I will struggle with it, and I will never win. That is a stronghold, and that is a lie. Because last time I checked, we serve a redeemer who can redeem those thoughts, who can redeem those things, who can make you clean and break generational curses. That's who we serve. And Jesus is showing right now that, that Simon is looking at this because Simon has followed the, the Mo- Moses's law. He's followed it to the T. But the one thing I'm realizing that Simon hasn't done, and I'm gonna get to it, but I, I kind of wanna, I wanna stay in the stronghold thing for a quick second because I might do this for the mental health series because sometimes your mind cannot get to freedom because there's a stronghold because you have built a perspective on a lie and God can't bring miracles because you are now blocked because you're letting the devil run your mind. Nobody can control your mind. I can't control your mind. Your parents can't control your mind. Your BFF can't control your mind. Only you and by Christ can you control your mind. You can't control your mind. Why did I say that? People can't control your mind, but you can. The moment that you start, the moment that you start receiving truth, because because the beautiful thing about Jesus is that Jesus, obviously the Bible says that he is the word. So when you read the scripture, when you take in scripture, you're taking in Jesus. When you are taking in scripture and you're applying it to your life, you are applying the very person that is Jesus. And so, and so when you start believing truth, I have this on my Instagram in a tag, train yourself in the truth. Basically what I am saying in that thing is train yourself in Jesus. Because as you continue to train yourself in Jesus, you will now see each brick of that stronghold fall off. And as they continue to fall off, it's now destroyed. And now you can build a stronger foundation. A stronghold from the enemy is nothing compared to the great foundation of Jesus. It's a lot greater. And I'm going to get to that in the mental health series. But with Simon, he is at a mindset where she is not clean. He doesn't think she's clean. He thinks that she needs to be put away because she touched a great prophet. She wasn't supposed to do that because he's following not just the, not just all the, the Ten Commandments. He's following the Ten Commandments, the Levitical law, all the other laws in the scriptures, and the man-made moral laws they made. But here's what... I want to show you what blew my mind in a little bit. But I think because of the stronghold, this is why you can't forgive yourself. 
because you have not experienced God's true forgiveness, Jesus's true forgiveness, and now you are now based and trapped in a bondage where you can't get out without calling on the name of Jesus. I want to give you a few points and maybe give you some clarity on how, on understanding where you're at, just like the sinful woman is. I want to show you this. So the first thing is sin is sin. I am not downplaying sin. I'm not saying sin is weaker or stronger. Whether you lie or you sexually do something sexually immoral, both are sins. Both separate you from God. Both put you in a place where it is giving you consequences and it's keeping you away from the one who made you. Sin is sin. Jesus sees far more than Simon can imagine. He knows the woman has committed many sins, but he also knows at some point in the past she repented and her sins were forgiven at that time. Her display is not about cultural courtesies, okay? Not about cultural courtesies. It's an expression of love she has for Jesus because her sins are forgiven. Simon was upset because she didn't do the cultural courtesy. But Simon didn't do the cultural courtesy. Jesus called him out and said, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't kiss me. You didn't walk in and, and, and wash my feet. You didn't do any of that. So why are you calling somebody out who has shown their love for me? And here's the, and the cool part is that she loved because she was forgiven. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. She loved because she was forgiven. It's an expression that she loves Jesus. Simon, who loves the law, likely obviously has a few overt sins that he has not considered himself need of forgiveness for. Because if he understood the weight of even the smallest sin, he would repent, receive forgiveness, and love God as he should. If you understood the weight of that one tiny sin that you consider, you would be repenting. Because when you learn how heavy sin was that Jesus paid, you will live more in his love and a righteous lifestyle because you see the penalty it brings, the consequences it brings. The woman understands who she is. She grasps at least something of who Jesus was, showing her love, showing her love in humble and expensive ways. Here's what I've realized. She was showing Jesus love in a humble and expensive way. But some of us in this room love Jesus in a prideful and cheap way. We have come to church and make it a checklist. Okay, listen to me carefully, because some of you are not getting this. You are loving Jesus pridefully, and you're, you're doing it too cheap for the kingdom. I don't do this because I want something out of this, okay? You don't want something out of something that's already been given to you. The kingdom's already yours. When you become a believer, when you become, when you start to know who Jesus is. But if you don't learn to let yourself humble yourself under God's mighty hand, and I'm not just talking about like giving away I'm not talking about like selling your PS5 or selling your Michael Kors purse. I don't know. That's still a thing, Michael Kors. It's not about that. It's not about materialistic stuff sometimes. It's obviously about giving everything, everything to Jesus. 
at pouring everything out on him because he is the most expensive thing. Y'all need to hear me. Jesus is the most expensive thing. Why? Because his blood was expensive. He died for every single sin in this room. That is expensive. That is expensive. And that shows me that I need to give him all that I have, even the expensive parts of me. I need to give to him. Because the Bible does say, if I lose my life to him, I will gain it. But if how, what is it to gain the whole world yet lose your soul? He's talking about, I need to give away, not just be cheap. That's why he says in the NIV that people who, who are forgiven little show little love. So that shows me that if you don't understand you're truly forgiven, you will give in cheap ways. You have to learn to humble yourself and give God your all because that is what is the requirement of who Jesus is wanting you to be is to be someone who humbles themselves and gives expensively towards the kingdom. Not just material stuff, but I'm talking about the expensive stuff. I'm talking about pouring it out upon him to where you can receive life. The woman understands who she is. Simon didn't even um, greet the Messiah when he walked in with a friendly kiss. That was the common courtesy in that time. That was the common courtesy, and he didn't even do that. Yet this woman poured the perfume back in the day. Obviously, nowadays, you can buy a fragrance for like 20, 30 bucks. But back then, fragrances at that time were a year's or even a life's wage. That means it probably cost for us, it would be millions, billions of dollars that she left at his feet because she understood how expensive he was. She understood how valuable Jesus was because she knew how much value his forgiveness brought to her. Her love is the evidence that she knows she's been forgiven. That moment, because when you look at it, some people take it as it as this. They say this, oh, she loved, now she's forgiven. No. She was forgiven, now she loves. She was forgiven. Now she loved Jesus. Because we think we have to, I have to do this and do that and do this and do that to enter my ticket. But the beauty of the gospel is that because he has washed me clean, the free gift, this means that I can, I will want to love him. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't preach to you Jesus because I, I just want to talk. Trust me, if you met me at age 13, 14 years old, I didn't even want to public speak. I was so afraid of the stage. I was so afraid to talk to people. I was very shy as a kid. I was homeschooled most of my life, so I was very shy. And what broke that out was not because I wanted to be a public figure. I didn't want to be any of it. I I wanted to love Jesus the way he wanted me to love him. And because I've learned to love Jesus, he has now put me in a, now this is me in a way loving him back because he called me to do this and I obeyed. That's love. Obeying God says that you love him. You will naturally obey God when you know how much you're forgiven. When you understand the power of what he has for you, 
and what freedom he gives to you in the, in the refreshment of his presence, you won't want to disobey him. Trust me, we have a sinful nature. I have my tendencies. I have my anger. I have my lazy moments. I have my moments of dysfunction. But let me tell you something right now. I have learned that most everything I do is unto him because anything outside the presence of God is an idol. Everything outside of the presence of God, youth life could have been an idol for me. This could have, I could have said, this is my youth group. This is mine. No, no, no. God appointed me, but this is his group. This is his place. This is where he reigns. Not anybody in this room. Jesus is king. So now, when you learn how much you're forgiven, you have a different perspective of who he is. Y'all following me? You good? Okay. Okay, second thing. Your love for Jesus shows how much you know you're forgiven. I already mentioned it, but I want to dive deeper into it. Your love for Jesus really shows how forgiven you are. Your love for him and your love for others will show what Christ did on the cross worked. When you, when you learn not to just love others out of duty, but out of privilege, that shows that your fruit is good. When you love Jesus and love others out of, out of, it's a privilege to, and not, oh, I have to, that is good fruit. Trust me. I've had a lot of moments where I didn't like people. There's been people I just didn't enjoy. Let's be honest. And I was a people pleaser and I didn't like people. But now I've learned that if Jesus, if Jesus loved me, because I know me. I don't know if you're the same way, but I know my good stuff and my bad stuff. And Jesus forgave me, forgave everything that I have done so that I can live in freedom. That shows me that I got to love you for where you're at, even though you might mess up. Thank you, Dodie. You have to love, if you know how much you're loved and forgiven by Jesus, you will learn to love other people. You will learn to love other people for where they're at. That doesn't mean you have to let anybody walk all over you. You don't have to let people say who you are and what you do. You don't have to let all that happen. But what I'm saying is, is that people are going to be people. People are going to have evil intentions. People are going to do dumb stuff. But you have to put it under the governing of Christ and say, that is God's child. They are made in the image of God. And I have to remind myself, um, there was a story um, that... Uh, somebody had told me and he was working on some type of uh, pipe thing at a restaurant. And um, so he was working on this and this guy that was rolling this, uh, he was rolling this cart and the, um, and his bag that he was messing with the pipes got caught on the wheel and he was pushing it forward. And then the guy that was pushing the cart kicked his bag out of the way. And, and the dude was mad. The, he, he was he was aggravated and he got up and he was about to fight this dude. But the guy, the, one of these guys walked in and he, and he said, no, 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 man, don't mess with him. Don't mess with him. He has autism. Don't mess with him. He's just doing this stuff. But the dude was still upset. He's like, bro, but he can't be kicking my, my bag. The dude that had autism walked up to him and turned him around and said, and his pride went to his feet and he had compassion because 
when you learn that people's mistakes, I'm using, obviously it's, that's a big spectrum, but when people make mistakes in, in your life and you see that in them, you can't draw the conclusion of they are horrible now. You can't bring them to that level because somebody brought you in their mind down to your le- to that level. So if Jesus forgave those dark parts of you, there are other people that can be forgiven of that same thing. Y'all tracking with me? Uh, it's the same thing. When you start to look at that, you love better. You love better. The third and final thing that I want to let you know about is before Jesus, I was dead. After Jesus, I am alive. Before Jesus, I was cynical. Before Jesus, let me go back. Before Jesus, you were cynical. For Jesus, you had evil intentions. Before Jesus, you didn't care about anything and loved nothing. But after Jesus, you found life. After Jesus, you love greater. After Jesus, you see things the way he sees it. After Jesus, your life changed. After Jesus, you forgave yourself. You forgive yourself after you have known who Jesus is. Let's go back to verse 48. Let's put that back up. Verse 48. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. Now, the guests at the banquet were shocked when Jesus announced that their sins, that her sins were forgiven. And he adds, your faith has made you say that's in Luke 7.50. When you do your homework, you can see it. She already knew this. That's why she was there. Because repentance doesn't just happen when you come to Jesus. Repentance happens in a decision. Jesus is already wanting to accept you. You have to make the decision to go to him. Repentance is this, turning from sin and turning towards God. Going away from what you thought you, th- you, you thought was right, going to what Jesus says, the living word of God, you going to that. That is what she did. Before she ever met Jesus, she made the decision. Before she ever walked up and knew who even who Jesus was, even said she vaguely knew who Jesus was, she turned the other way and she went to Jesus. That's repentance. Repentance is not getting it together and then going see Jesus. It's repentance, taking that luggage with you and going meet him where you're at and having those words tell you, you are forgiven. That is Jesus. And I keep saying the word Jesus because he is who he says he is. He is a spotless lamb. He's the living word of God. He is the forgiver. And he was the lamb that was slain. He wants to cleanse your heart. He adds your faith has saved you. She already knew this. That's why she was there. But to hear Jesus say this in a room filled with judgmental men makes any disgrace they may throw at her way completely meaningless. And in your life, I'm not just talking about people, but things in your mind. You have Simon thoughts of, I am too dirty. I am too much of this. I'm too much of that. The word cast out the thoughts, the, the word cast out, it's a violent term. It's a violent term. It basically means to shoot, like if, if your thought was a bird, you shoot it out of the sky. That is what you do with a thought that is not of Jesus. You take and you see where it is and you knock it out. 
and you speak the truth over yourself against it. Because anything that exalts itself over the knowledge of Christ is evil. So you're going to have to take it, either take it captive or cast it out. Because some some thoughts sound like Jesus, but then you have to test it. And I'll get to that in mental health, but you have to test every thought. You cannot believe everything that you hear and say. If it doesn't come from the living word, if it doesn't come from Jesus himself, it is not right. Okay? Maybe you don't see yourself forgiving yourself because of the things that other people have said. Just like these men, even Simon, who thought, she's a sinner, you cannot forgive her. You're a prophet, you got to cast her out. If you've been thinking like that, or you've heard people say stuff like that, you do not need to listen to them anymore. Listen to the words of Jesus. Listen to the one who makes you clean. Listen to the one who died for you. Listen to the one who is more important in your life than anybody else. Period. This is the only time I can say this, obviously because she understands me and obviously she's not here. I love Jesus more than my wife. I think everybody should be able to say that. Jesus is more important than anything in your life. And if something has come up against the knowledge of God, If you love Jesus, if you've seen Jesus work in your life, you have to cast it down. Forgiving yourself is not just, is not just coming to terms with what happened, you're done. That's just to make you feel better. But when you know that you're forgiven, you won't have to forgive yourself. Why? Because God has forgiven you. And if He forgave you, if nobody else can forgive you for something, you are in the clear. Because if Jesus has cleansed you, and if Jesus has set you free, and if Jesus has forgiven you, and you have come to him, forgiving yourself won't even be in the front front part of your mind, because you have now been forgiven by the Savior. I encourage y'all tonight. Jesus can bring you to the point to where you can know the love and the presence of his forgiveness over you, okay? You need to understand that tonight. As we close, I need you to know that God, Jesus, wants to do for you like he did for the sinful woman. He wants you to know how much you've been forgiven. He said she had many sins. He called out what was before, and he told her where she's at now. She's forgiven. She's had multiple sins, but she is forgiven. If you can stand up as we close, and with every head bowed and eye closed as we stand together, you can turn off the lights. As we close tonight. As we close tonight, I want you to take a moment. Let's bless the Holy Spirit. Let's put the Holy Spirit in this place. Let's ask him to dwell within us in this moment. Holy Spirit, you're welcome, dear. Holy Spirit, you're welcome, dear. You're welcome, dear. You're welcome, dear. We have enough time. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. 
that is you. And you have, I'm not talking about you have a hard time forgiving yourself. I want to change it. You have a hard time really believing how much you are forgiven. I want you to do something bold for me, okay? I'm going to give it a second. If that's you and you are having a hard time knowing how much Jesus has forgiven you, I want you to come stand up here with me. If that's you.
are a new creation now. We don't have to live in a place of torment and shame and pain. For you are our secret place, safe place, comfort place. Nobody else or nothing else can comfort us more than you can. So Lord, I pray, the great comforter, Lord, comfort us right now. Follow us for the rest of this week so that we can experience your love on a daily basis. Lord, we pray.